Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, worship team, and all you individuals who support them. It's a delight to be in the house of the Lord. This is the last message in the series, Room at the Table. It is uh, primarily evangelism and uh, uh, to get us, to awaken us to the responsibilities that we have as individuals. And um, one of the things that is important that we remember, the responsibility of evangelism, thank you so much, uh, Randy, is it's all of our responsibility. No person, okay, okay, what qualifies you as you've been in the church for uh, 15 years, so you, you now do it. No, from the minute that you give your heart to Jesus Christ is the time you start engaging in evangelism. As a matter of fact, I'm always amused and amazed to watch individuals who are new converts because they get on the uh, shoulder of, of evangelism right away. They want their friends to come. They want to engage. Uh, they want to see them come to faith just as they have. One of the greatest dangers of the church in my reading and study and preparation for the message today is, and it's most prominent, is this, that, that individual believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ would drift from their passion of faith. Okay, I've, I've given my heart to the Lord, and then if you're not careful, you slip into a routine or a rut, and, and that becomes, okay, so routine that the joy of the Lord or the responsibility for something new and powerful to come into your life, you know, well, I'm just living the life. Well, are you making a difference? Are you making a change? Are you impacting someone else's life? Are you a contagious believer for the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's so important because in Revelation, we have two occasions, two churches there that it says, okay, I'd rather you be hot or cold than to be what? lukewarm, rather be lukewarm, and you have drifted away from your first love, drifted away from that first love. Two dangerous things that the writer of Revelation is telling us about. Be careful that you don't become lukewarm, and if you do, it's your fault, it's your decision, and be careful that you don't drift away from your first love, meaning that first love, that, that passion, that desire that is there. And he says, be careful of that. And yet, and we find that one of the things that stops the church, that will, will give room for the church to become dead, is for Christians like you and me just to forget what we are responsible for, and that is to tell everyone that we know about Christ. In Matthew 28, it says, go into all the world and do what? Proclaim the gospel. Go to everybody that you know and proclaim the gospel. We uh, studied our first habit about three weeks ago, and the first habit was to develop relationships with individuals that, that are not followers of Jesus Christ. Maybe they're good people. They don't go to church. Maybe they give you the shirt off their back. Maybe they're individuals that you shop with, individuals you're friends with. Maybe they're your neighbors. And it says develop some kind of relationship so that you have that relationship for a purpose. And that's not only to fellowship, but hey, I want to do my best to introduce you to the same relationship, not religion. We're not into religion here at Victory Church. We're into relationship. That relationships make the big, big, big difference. And then, of course, uh, after, after that, 
we want to share the gospel. In other words, we need to understand Romans Road, or at least not just, okay, man, we had a blast. We had a good time. We went out. We've had dinner together. We've been to several restaurants. We've been fellowshipping now for six months, but you never get to the bottom line. You never get to the place to say, you know what? Can we talk maybe about eternity? Can I just talk to you about, we've been friends now for all this time, but I, I just need to know because I love you so much. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And are you following him faithfully? You know, we've been buddies for a while, and I know you, you don't go to church, and I know I hear, never hear you talk about God, never hear you talk about any Christian things, and I, that alarms me. And I, I, may I talk to you about that for a moment? And then you share that verbal witness. And then thirdly, today, it's important to say, okay, now that I've built that relationship and I've invited them to know Jesus Christ, or before that, I want to invite them to come worship with me. I want them to, to be a part of that worship set. I want them to understand, hey, church is an, is an integral part of my life. That you see, here it is. You can write this down, Instagram it, FaceTime it, Facebook it, Face whatever you want to do. You cannot separate the relationship that you have with Jesus from the relationship that you have with your local church. As committed you are to your local church, that is the manifested evidence of your commitment to Jesus Christ. Why? He is the Son of God. This church, His church, is His bride. Amen? So some people will say, well, I'm in love with Jesus, but I hate going to church. You need to get right with God. Because you offend saying, when you say, I'm in love with Jesus, but you're not in love with the bride of Christ. That would be offensive to any couple if somebody walked up to you and say, you know what, buddy, as a friend, I like you, but your wife stinks. I hate her. I can't stand to be in the same room with her. I don't know why you haven't divorced her a long time ago. Now, here's what I know. You're going to stay friends with that person when they've just offended the thing that's supposed to be closest to your heart. This is what Jesus said. Hey, that church is the bride of Christ. Engage in it, love it, and enjoy it. As a matter of fact, he said that to the whole world. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves on what? On the Lord's day. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. In other words, get together and worship. Get together and engage. Get together because if the church dies, the Christian message and the one institution that God has designated to be a light in the darkness and to bring together strength and power and anointing and unity is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you the enemy is taking his best shot at the church today. Many are saying it's not relevant. Many are saying don't waste your time. It's all a bunch of religious nuts. It doesn't have a place, etc., etc., etc. And more church doors are closing today than ever, and more ministers are leaving the ministry today than ever. Why in the world would you want to leave something so contagious and so anointed like the church? And why in the world as a minister would you want to bail out on the most exciting life in all the world, and why in the world would a believer who's in love with Jesus not be excited? Look what the Lord has done for me. Took me out of death, took me out of hell, and set my feet on a solid rock. Don't talk to me about being excited. That was a little dull hand clap, but I understand. 
you got lunch on your mind. Some people say, well, when do you have church? Well, some churches have a Saturday night service. Some like us have two services on Sunday morning on the north side and the south side. Some of us have church on Sunday night. Some of us have church on Wednesday night as we do. In other words, if you're a person that's using excuse, well, I have to work. Well, let me just tell you something. There is a service out there. If you're interested, you can find it, and there's somebody open for you to come worship. Amen? It's true. Stay with me now. Lifeway Research said in a survey, and their results are simply this, as we talk about, hey, I want to invite my family and friends. 67%, according to that research, of Americans say that they would probably come to church if a family member invited them to church. 67%. And then 63% said if a friend or a neighbor, someone they knew, loved, and trusted, were to invite them, they would probably come to church. That what that means is two-thirds or so of individuals out there in the mass population say, I'd go to church if somebody cared enough and was not afraid to say, come go with me to church. Create a relationship with you. I had a person who's a neighbor of mine said not long ago, Reverend, I would have never believed I'd be coming to your church. Hello. I remember that. And he's here this morning looking good too. Hi, Why? Because we're into relationship and not religion. We're into loving God and saying, what can we do more? You see, here's the important part. Guess who does the inviting? Well, it, the inviting is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the follower. You're the one that does the inviting. Turn to your neighbor and just say that right now. You're the one that does the inviting. I said you're the one. Use any voice you want to that does the inviting. Inviting people to church. Amen. I have a lady in the service today. Her name is Rosie. One heard of Jesus Christ many, many years ago. She's something else. She's visiting with us today. And I'm grateful for that. She's been a lifelong friend. When I turned, I don't know, 30 or 35, she was responsible putting a billboard on South Florida that said, you're older than dirt. Happy birthday, pastor. Huge was unbelievable. She is responsible for that. She visited me in the ready room before coming out. She said, you know, he is getting older. He's older than dirt. <laughs> a great, great friend. I have another person supposed to be in church today that I invited from the rehab center where my mother is. You know, in the service today, I've had others from other restaurants here. What, what's the point is, if you just know that that's what you ought to do, then why don't we get out there and do it? Here's what happened. You see, Christianity is an invitation-dependent faith. Let me say it. An independent invitation faith. Independent invitation faith. You see, the Gospel of John chapter 1, Andrew met Jesus, and his world turned upside down. The next thing we knew, Andrew gets Peter. Peter comes, his world turns upside down. Philip met Jesus. He goes to Nathaniel. Nathaniel's world turns upside down. He says, come and see. Come and see. I want you to come to the place where you can see more about Jesus. That's what believers do. That's what believers do. We know that by the power and the grace of God. And, you know, there's a movie called, how many don't remember, how many of you don't remember the movie entitled Field of Dreams? You don't remember that. 
Well, do you know what the motto was? If they build it, what? They will come. They will come. It's not true. Sanctuaries and buildings are built all over this country and around the world, and you can build them one side and down the other. And the fact is more churches are closing today than ever, so you can build them and they will come is a lie. They might come for the first month or six weeks, but a little piddle out. Let me tell you, that's not God's design. The building doesn't draw anyone. Let me tell you how that works. He says, you be sure you invite. You're the inviters. If you invite, they will come. Every stat we read, it's there. In other words, make up your mind to say, okay, I'm just not going to go to church without one thing in mind. I'm going to bring somebody with me. I'm going to bring somebody. It's important. Bring somebody. Somebody's there. Trust God. Believe God. Now, if you don't bring them, you better come to church anyway because you need God to help you get ready to bring somebody. George Barna, pollster, said, according to one poll, he said, there are millions of Americans one invitation away from going to church and meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. One invitation away, millions, just one invitation. Do you know how different our country would be, our families would be, our churches would be, our cities would be? But on the other hand, pause with me for a moment and consider this. On the other hand, what are the consequences for the church if we don't take that seriously? If we just don't talk to people if we just don't build a relationship, if we forget that there's room at the table for Jesus Christ, what, what, what are the consequences? The church will die because it is not having new life come in. Think about it. Not having new life. How many remember Ann Landers? It's good. How many don't remember her? All right, that's all good. We're doing real well. Some of you raising your hand the first time. How many really just don't care? Yeah, I see your hand. All right, I've given an opportunity for everybody. I just don't care. But one of the, letter, one of the uh, in her column one time, she received the most response was from pastors, ministers, church leaders. She, uh, she, her column dealt with having weddings at church. Now, I love weddings at church. I think it's a sacred place. I think marriage is a sacred place and a sacred opportunity for relationship. But many pastors wrote in and church leaders said, listen, weddings are a pain in the neck. Well, you should go a little lower if you're the father of the bride. Weddings are a pain in the here because it takes a whole lot of money, a whole lot of money. You know, the point is, well, why pastors? Why church leaders? They said people come to get married. He said they have no respect for the facilities, have no respect for the grounds. They come in. Oftentimes they make a mess. They turn around and they leave and you never see them again. And they are a pain in the neck. That's what the majority of the letters that wrote in to Ann Landers said, except one, at least one said, hey, I don't see it that way. 
I see weddings and having an opportunity to be involved in them as a great opportunity because he said, I get to intermingle with the couple, with the bride. I get to know their family. I get to know the best man, the maid of honor, and all the others lined up. I get to know some of the relatives, and I make myself known. He said, it may be the only shot I ever get at any of them, but I want you to know I want to make a personal impact and touch them because I want them to come back to my church sometime. I want them to call me if they get in trouble. I want to be the only reverend possibly in their life that ever stuck his hand out and said, man, you are welcome here anytime. He had the right perspective and all the others had grown cold in a responsibility and an opportunity to evangelize. And God is good in that regard. You see, salvation and redemption is too important. Our, our life is too important. Who you are is too important. Our children are too important. Spending eternity with Jesus is too important. It's not just about me, but I want everybody that I know to know Jesus. How about you? How about y'all? How about y'all? How about you all? How about you and how about y'all? Amen. Principle number one, let's be sure we don't overlook inviting people that ordinarily you would overlook. That's the first habit, the first principle. They're the meanest, the vilest. They're more wicked. They cuss like nobody you've ever heard. They're, they never look decent. They look disheveled all the time. You get near them, they're going to tell some dirty joke. I don't want to invite them to church. They're so far off. They're so mean. I'm afraid of them. And you overlook them. Wow. Because why? Why, they'd never accept Jesus Christ. You know what? You're, you're, you're acting as God when you do that. Because he's the one that said, get out there in the highways and the hedges and get everybody you can. Here's what we sometimes forget. Getting them in church. In church, there is a divine anointing of the Holy Ghost that says, I supersede a foul mouth. I supersede bad language. I supersede drunkenness. I supersede meanness. For when you get into the presence of God, my friend, conviction takes place. And God can take the meanest, vilest sinner and turn them around if we give them an opportunity. Do you believe that? I had a drunk one time. I met him, invited him to church. He came and sat on the back row. He sang as loud as anybody else, especially when he was a little tipsy. We'd sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. He'd be back there singing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And all the little saints had come, say, Pastor, why do you let him come? Now I'm thinking, why do I let you come? He came enough. And one day, he came down the aisle. 
there was a hush over the building. I went down to him. Tequila, Revila, Margarita, Shania, wine, beer, and whiskey. All was in there. He stinketh. I prayed, oh God. I prayed. And then I began to notice the supernatural true story, supernatural touch of God began to come over him. He looked at me with his eyes wide open and as sober as he could be. And he said, Pastor, help me find Jesus. I said, repeat this prayer. He repeated the prayer, sobered up, walked straight back in a straight line to his seat. Never missed a service. Had the gift of, 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 of he was an art, artist. And that talent had been in bondage because of the alcoholism was there. And he became, he even began to sing with the rest of us. And it was a dynamic miracle of God. Listen to me, friend. Jesus is in the salvage business. And we don't get to choose who he decides to salvage. We just bring them to him. By the, are, you, are you listening? We just bring them to him and say, here it is. There's room at the cross. For you, oh, there's room at the cross for you. Think about it. And the church, this church, has been called out to reach lost people. Lost people. Unbelievable individuals for the grace of God. So we don't want to overlook anyone, do we? We don't want to do that. Everybody has a place in the family of Almighty God, continuing to understand that. Secondly, principle, is put your shoes in the person that you're inviting to church for the first time. Or you're trying to get into your small, and just, just put yourself in their shoes. How many Catholics or former Catholics do we have in the room here this morning? Okay, get your hands up real high. When you left and you started worshiping at a non-Catholic church or a church like this, there is a difference with which we worship than how they worship in the Catholic church. In the Catholic church, you get up and get down 50 times. Here, you get up and get down 49 times. Here and there, you confess to the Father, please, I'm not that good. Confess to Jesus and not me, amen, because I'll forget. I will. We understand that we love Mary, 
But I don't go to Mary when I can go straight to the throne room of Jesus Christ and say, hey, here I am. I love you, Jesus. So, so you come and you say, now listen, we've got a couple worship leaders at the church. They, they take energy drinks before they worship. You know, they do. They're going to lead worship and we've got spastics in the band. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Worship leaders. <laughs> if you're new and you don't help them, they're going to be shocked. And then our preacher, something's wrong with him. If you don't like to laugh, don't come. In other words, here's what I'm seeing. Put yourself in their shoes. And you say, I have a relationship, but I want to, I just want to give you an idea of what that's like. You know, at our church, we're all hypocrites, so watch out. Because all of us have good intentions and we want to go, we want to go to heaven, but any one of us, if you watch, might mess up once in a while. Just understand, help, help, put yourself in the, in other words, say, you know, bless God, this guy I've been working on forever and you sit two thirds back. Don't come down to the front row cause you got your friend that you've just invited to church. That's hypocritical. As a matter of fact, when you bring them in, you know, you want to, you want to say, Hey, is I usually sit right up here. Is that all right with you? Yeah. Let's sit together. Okay. Let's sit together. If you decide to sit in back, you got to tell the Baptist to move aside and let you back there for a few minutes. <laughs> the Pentecostals in the balcony because they like to see what's going on. Don't force. Understand people to say, I want to sh- be in your shoes. What's an altar call? What in the world is Well, an altar call pastor, you know, shared that. You know, we are on mission here at Victory Church to know Christ and make him known. We know what that is. Amen. Amen. We're on mission. We have an opportunity to fellowship and have relationship. And that's extremely important. Why? Because we know this. Hey, you cannot get around it. Romans 6, 23, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. First-timers, those of you who are the first-timers today, if we haven't scared you to death, by now I hope you come back. I really do. We want you to come back. We don't want to embarrass you or anything else. Matter of fact, I'll be in the hospitality suite right after the service. You come by and say hello. I look slimmer out there than I do up here. (laughs) Principle number three, be creative in choosing what you invite someone to attend. You know, just be, be in, in vitamins. Here's the deal. Well, let me give you an illustration. We have an easy opportunity coming up because, you know, Franklin Graham is going to be in Plant City and he's going to be there on January the 12th of 2020. You have in your bulletin day just a little bus that's there and, and it's called Decision America. Franklin is saying, hey, 
America has got to be revivalized and have a great revival. And it's time that we stood up and understood who we are. And the only way to do that is let's get more people into the family of God. So he's saying to Victory Church, I want you to be a major sponsor. And I want the Victory Church people to be engaged in that because we cannot do it without you. He's going to be in Plant City January the 12th, 2020 on a Sunday night in a major crusade. And he's saying, hey, I need somebody to help me. So on November the 7th, 2019, the brochures are in the lobby. I need you to volunteer. I need you to help. I need you to usher. I need you to pray with people. I need you to show up. I need you to help. Let's push this thing through and see how many lost people will show up and how many Christians will show up so they can once again remind them of who we are as Americans and as Christian followers. As a matter of fact, he made this video for us. Take a look at it. you to know tonight that God loves you. So what an opportunity for you and I in to engage in evangelism. What a privilege it is for someone to call us of that stature. I told Dan, you know, I'm a little afraid because I probably will say Billy Graham is inviting us to a conference there in Plant City. So, so far I've done pretty good. I say it's Franklin, amen? But if Billy shows up, I really want to go. How about you? <laughs> I want to be among the number. So would you think about that? Big opportunity. Here it is. Big opportunity. Be creative about inviting people. We have hundreds of small groups. Invite them to a small group. You know what? Our small groups are growing because they serve so much food at them. People are growing in the small group segment. I mean, from shepherd's pie to steak and baked potato to barbecue to hamburgers and hot dogs and french fries, I'm saying, my Lord, have mercy. Small groups are Pentecostal because Pentecostals only eat when they meet Jesus. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So many opportunities. Take them down to the Dream Center. Get them in first Saturday in the work. Get them in the kids' club and let them see what's going on. Youth service, go with them over there and help them understand. Come to a men's breakfast where there's blessing, a women's event, one of the best in the nation. Inviting someone, many opportunities. And then you might say, well, I invited someone and they didn't come. As a matter of fact, they lied to me. Well, they're not saved yet. Do you know what the Bible says about liars? There will be no liars where in, in heaven. No liars in heaven. Unbelievable. They lied to me. Well, listen, have you ever had anybody? You ever had a Christian brother that didn't tell you the truth? Yep. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. We all fail. We all mess up. So if you're going to be a van, if you're going to have people at the table, 
touching people is not a one-time event. It's a process. It's a part of your everyday life. I want somebody at the table. And friend, if you know someone who's not right with Jesus, be afraid. Because if they die without knowing Christ, there is no alternative except heaven or hell. They don't have tomorrow. They don't have next week. Today is the day of salvation. So they don't come. You make it a point to see them again. And you see them again. You invite them. And when they do come, you take them out to lunch. Well, I don't know, Pastor, who's going to buy. You are. (laughs) Go to coffee with them. You see, if millions, are wa- millions, according to the research, are waiting for the invitation, then why don't we do that? Don't stop. At any time during the crucifixion, Jesus could have ended it and bailed from the cross. But he didn't because of you. Number four, and finally, keep your heart right and guard your heart. Being in ministry, serving in ministry as a follower of Christ can get your goat sometime. Christians will disappoint you. The church will disappoint you because we're not a perfect church. We're not. You don't have a perfect pastor. Let me say it again, unless you think I made a mistake. You, 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 you don't have Uh, you don't have a perfect pastor but you know what I'd rather be with y'all than anybody else in the world amen on my journey going to heaven amen I'd rather be with y'all because I know some of you are bookers you know my point is this We understand you have to keep your heart and your passion. If you find yourself waning, no pun intended, if you find yourself waning and you're losing your passion, you can't point your finger at anyone else but you. If you find your first love seemingly that, that, that I love you, Lord, getting away from you, that's no one's fault but you. And and my friend, when you do that, you have to guard your heart because the enemy will come at you and you'll have ample opportunity to say, I ain't never going again. Guess who hurts? You. I don't like that. Well, go go find yourself a perfect church. There is not one. There just isn't one. But find you a church that you can get engaged with people. You see someone you don't know, introduce yourself to them. And so we can start casting our vision now. This message, a series of evangelism messages, taking us into missions. And then we're headed toward, how many of you know, we're headed toward Thanksgiving. And according to Hallmark, Christmas is just a few days away. So you start casting that vision. You think, okay, Thanksgiving, I'm I'm going to have a whole row. Or look, look at Christmas. Christmas on December the 25th. Does that surprise anybody? We know it's December the 25th, don't we? Say amen. 
but it just happens to be Wednesday this year. And I know some of you are already asking, are we going to have church on Wednesday night? No. But here's what you can do. Christmas Eve's on the 24th. Bring them on Christmas Eve. Or you might say, well, what about the Sunday before Christmas? That's, that's December the 22nd on Sunday. Bring them and say, come, I'm going to have a whole row. Hey, you're one of my friends. Other friends have said they're going to be there. Come on, let's do it together. And then not to mention, bring them in so they can see the most beautifully decorated church in the county at Christmas time is Victory Church. You won't find a better church with more Christmas decoration that speaks of the lot than right here. Hey, come and see the decorations. Come and see. You know, come look. In other words, the point is we're doing what God has called us to do. And you get by that, Easter's coming. Amen. Get ready for Easter. Easter's coming. Everything you do, what I'm encouraging you to do is don't become weary in well-doing. Don't let your heart back off. Keep your passion there and say, you know what? I, I really do want to do what God has redeemed me for, and that's to reach people who don't know the Lord. And then I want to engage in water baptism. You have not been water baptized? Get your suit on and come on tonight. We're going to do that tonight. Don't be ashamed. That's, that's the whole purpose of baptism is to get you out of the shadows into the light and say, hey, look what the Lord has done for me. Water baptized. You know, get engaged. And then here's what will happen. When you win people, when you win people, and you see them give their heart to Christ, and then maybe you see them get baptized, and maybe you see them get married to someone, and maybe you see them and their little family begin to grow. And you watch them, and before you know it, they're engaged in the church and other people, and you'll sit back and say, God, I remember the time that I stepped out and say, come go to church with me, and let me pray with you, because you get to be a part of their witness for Christ. Amen? And I don't care who you are. You have the responsibility of the power of reaching others for Christ. Amen? Amen. Would you stand? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Here we go. We do this here at Victory. That's pretty feeble right there. Now, come on, give up a good hand clap for the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not afraid to declare what we ought to be doing. We have the greatest congregation in the whole wide world. And God, some people say, why do you feel that way? Because it's the congregation I'm involved in. It'd be pitiful if I thought some other congregation is the greatest congregation. I think this congregation right here is the best of the best. Loving every last one of them. Cannot do without one of them. Want them all engaged. Every one of them on fire for you, Jesus. No matter who they are. I pray now that, that maybe this message will find just a place to place a seed in our hearts. That we'll remember, look what the Lord has done in my life. And I want others to experience that. But Lord Jesus, I know that there is conviction in the house. Conviction is the love of God initiated by the Holy Spirit to identify a need in my life that God wants to fix. So, God, we always want to take time 
to give room for Jesus to speak to people. So I'm going to ask everyone in the room to let's repeat this prayer. It's a prayer that that we pray somewhere close to it, not always exactly the same, because I pray it from my heart and not my head. But I want you to respond to that. So would you repeat this prayer after me, Heavenly Father? I thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross, died on the cross. so that my, sins that my sins could be forgiven. Could be forgiven. I, confess my sins. I confess my sins. I have made mistakes. I, made mistakes. I, have, done wrong. I have done wrong. And I have done things, have done things. that surprised me. surprised me. I am sorry. I ask you right now, come into my heart, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Those of you online, isn't God good? Some of you prayed that prayer online. Some of you prayed it here. And you made a commitment just now to Jesus. I know your life will be different if you prayed that prayer and you say, buddy, I prayed it before, but this time I really want it to stick. It will. But you know what helps is bring yourself into accountability to allow the Holy Spirit to partner with you through other individuals that will encourage you. That's why it's important to get into a small group engage in somewhere so that others can join with you. And then we also believe at altar time, according to James 5:14, any of you have a need of God to touch you. Here's what he said do, and we try to do it scripturally, anoint them with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and they will be healed. Last Wednesday night, we had a prayer service for family members that were lost and individuals for financial uh, resources to come their way. We've already had testimonies from that service that God has given some, some unique miracles in the lives of people. Here's what I know. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. I never know what God will do, but I do know this. If we're obedient, he will do something. Amen. So if you need that touch from the Lord, this is your moment to say, God, I'm bringing it to you. I need healing. I'm bringing it to you. I have a finance. I'm bringing it to you right now. In Jesus' name as we sing, you come and then stay with me. I'll give the benediction in just a moment. Here we go, everybody. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Those in the balcony, you're welcome There's to come, no please. Walls you won't keep down. I won't tear down, coming after me. No shadows, no shadow, you won't light up. Some of you leaders help us. No one you won't keep down, you won't tear 
Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Rhonda Matthews, and this is Stella. Stella. Just turn a little bit. So uh, how is Stella related to you? My granddaughter. Your granddaughter? Mm -hmm. And how old is she? Two and a half. Two and a half. And she has had some real physical challenges. She had an ATRT brain tumor last September at 18 months old. She's went through a year of treatment. And That's cancer treatment. Cancer treatment. They had to remove the tumor. She has a 70% reoccurrence rate, but as of right now, she's cancer-free. She's done with all treatments. <laughs> you have something you want to say, baby? I hope when you're 16, you'll come up here. She has testimony, that's for sure. So uh, it's been a pretty rough road. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to focus on whomever that you have that has a need. I want you to focus on this baby. Because if she's cancer-free, how did you happen to come to Victory? Oh, I've been coming here Long since time. 2000. I, um, my father-in-law, Larry Matthews, now, Larry started coming first. <laughs> Larry's the one that came and he gave his heart us. to Christ. Sits right back there on that back row. Back row ex-Baptist. Ex-Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and before we knew it, he had the whole family, mm -hmm. a whole row. This is his great-granddaughter. It's his great-granddaughter. But he was killed suddenly in a hunting accident. How many months after he started coming? About a year or so? Oh, yeah, it wasn't very long. About a year or less. Gave his heart, got his family, and then he was killed in a hunting accident. But you know the beauty is all you guys stayed even though he died. So that's the power of evangelism. So remember it. So here we go. So here we go. All right, put your hand in this direction. Father, we pray for this precious little baby. Cancer has uh, no respect no matter what age, no matter what condition, no matter what color, no matter what race. But Father, it just so happens this beautiful grandbaby, this little girl was born into a family who understands the power of prayer. This grandmother here has petitioned you over and over and over again, and depended on you. Medical science 
has said we've done our best and she's in remission and she is cancer free. But they say that there's a 70% reoccurrence rate that's there. Now we understand that and we're not afraid of it. But today we want you to know, the author of cancer, that you are a liar and that this baby will, in Jesus' name, stay cancer free, will in fact not have cancer again, will in fact live a healthy, wholesome life, will in fact every day that she lives be able to say, look what the Lord has done. Father, it's our faith in you that you're able to do that. So we claim that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, you weren't prepared to come up here this morning, were you? If I'd have told you to come up here and you'd have known it, Oh, I still come. You'd still come. You know why? Look what the Lord has done. Come on, you got that number? You know that song? Look what the Lord has done? Yeah, get ready. Here you go. Wait a minute. You better get somebody strong. Come up here, son. <laughs> Amen. You love Jesus? I look for you tonight. If you're visiting, I'll meet you in the hospitality suite. God bless you, everybody. Here we go. Amen. Amen.